0: Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. You are listening probably after Thanksgiving. I hope you had a relaxed and fulfilling Thanksgiving. And if you didn't, um, I hope this episode can be a distraction, a reset, recalibrate, for maybe that stress, I know this time of year can be super challenging for a lot of people. Maybe you have to see family members that you necessarily don't care to see, or you have to travel, or maybe you're lonely this time of year, and it can be extremely difficult with just all of that—the stress, um, winter blues, time change. It can be can be challenging. So I appreciate you for tuning in today, and. Hopefully this episode will inspire you to look at the areas of your life that you are super grateful for. Because we all have areas of our life that we're like, wow, I am truly, truly blessed. Even the fact that you're able to tune into a podcast, you know, to change your mindset a little bit is is amazing. There's so many other countries that don't have access to these types of things you think about korea i know i'm going on a tangent here but um we are truly blessed and i know other podcasters like that is how i escape that's how i learn that's how i just pass the time sometimes and it's just such a blessing so um just really grateful for all of you tuning in and being able to do this because it's it's awesome to talk to you and Interview guests like today, um, Amy Stasiakaitis. I feel like I'm butchering her name every time I say it. Uh, I asked her actually here in a little bit, you'll hear me ask her um, how to pronounce her last name. She is a remarkable woman, human, mom, entrepreneur. We talk about so much in this episode. Let me give you some insight of who she is. So she's a mom of four, she's a grief survivor, and successful entrepreneur leading four growing. Enterprises. Her children, Ella, Susie, Annelli, and Mac are integrated into all aspects of her and her husband David's entrepreneurial life. Their main adventure, Low Country Case and Millwork, a commercial cabinetry and millwork firm in North Charleston, South Carolina, is home to over 50 teammates that Amy leads as chief of staff and head of finance and culture. Amy and David are also managing multiple commercial and residential investment businesses. Amy is a firm believer in intentional living and is on a mission to make a difference in the lives of all the people she loves by integrating motherhood, gratitude, leadership, and businesses all into one package. Amy loves to share her family's touching story of loss and turning it into an inspiration for others to live with purpose. Guys, we talk about all of the things, so... Amy, her third pregnancy was a stillbirth, and just the way she had approached that life and that loss is truly remarkable, and she's helped so many people look at grief in a different perspective. We talk about morning routines. We talk about her working with her husband. We talk about creating multiple streams of income. It's like a hodgepodge of everything and I think you are going to be super inspired by her story remember if you love this show please leave a review share it tag us you guys that tag that review means so much to me and helps get the show and it helps get Amy's story out so thank you guys and I hope you are inspired by Amy's story Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Welcome to the show. I have, I should have asked you how you pronounced your last name first. <laughs> how do you pronounce I, it? It's, a, it's
1: stasichitis. It's okay. It's something I'm very used to hearing. So
0: Stasichitis. I was, I, okay. Yesterday I was like stasichitis and I was close. So stasichitis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> welcome. You're not too far from me.
1: No, we are both in Somerville, which is kind of, Kind of shocking. It's not a lot of people uh, are are right around the corner. So most are a little bit farther away.
0: Yeah, it's so super crazy, super fun. How um, we just met on Instagram. Um, I want to get started. Listeners heard your intro. I think I want to jump right into you growing businesses, your investments. I'm reading a book called The Million- Millionaire Mindset, and I'm just so intrigued by um, your businesses. So can you share everything that you do? Oh gosh, it's a lot,
1: especially when you sit down and really think of it. It, it is a lot. So uh, our, our big business, my husband and I run Low Country Case and Millwork. Uh, it's a lot of words. It's a commercial cabinet and millwork firm so in layman's terms it's we build cabinets and trim work so your your crown molding your base uh, we build it in-house manufacture uh, and install it in uh, commercial spaces so hospitals hotels um, schools um, office buildings all those places very high end Uh, it's turnkey from start to finish Uh, we have about 50 full-time employees, team members, and then give or take our workload, we have up to 20, 25 subcontractors too. So it's that in itself is yeah. a full-time job. Sounds uh, like a it's lot. It's a lot, a lot of families um, to take care of and make sure food is something to be responsible for, uh, but, but we're grateful for it. We have a 52,000 square foot facility in Latson. Um, it's huge. And, yeah, it's big. It's We, we built the, that facility and kind of took the next leap with that business in 2018, four to five years ago, building this new facility. So that was a big bite to chew. Uh, but his dad started the business in 1990. And David and I have kind of been on board and running things since 2007 and 2008. Wow. So we love it. Uh, we love our team and the people, and the people we work for. But I I guess we were bored. (laughs) So we kind of diversified uh, multiple streams of income. So we have that business. Uh, We own commercial property. We also do residential investments. So flip houses, it's like, I don't even like the term flip house because I feel like it's kind of cliche, but that's what they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So investing in residential flip houses, we're starting a vacation rental business. A little nervous about that one, but hey, if you're not nervous, that means it's not, scary enough. Right. And I dabbled in, um, direct sales for five years and was pretty intense in that, uh, top 1% of the company I was with. Um, it's amazing. Which then, company was it? Uh, Cinegent, So it's a beauty in the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know lip scents, long lasting, long lasting makeup. Yes. Skincare. Yes. Huh? Yeah. You're in the top so- 1%. I was, I was, I was, I was doing pretty good, but, um, we had, uh, just shifts in our family. Tragedy kind of hit us. Our fourth was born and I just wanted to refocus at home. And I, and I looked at our, looked at our very busy schedule and said, Hey, all the things that I'm, I'm getting fulfilled with in this other business. There's opportunities right here. If I just lean into what's right here in my home. Mm. So just kind of refocused and I'm great. I'm grateful for those years. I learned a lot of leadership skills, growing a team from the, from, from the ground up sales skills, which I never had been in before, but apparently I'm pretty decent at. So I learned those skills. Um, but it's just a chapter. So,
0: yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I, I was talking with a woman, she's been on my podcast before. She's a creator of blender bombs. Um, And I was just talking to her a bit about business and she's like, we should all look at business as like an internship, right? At some point it is going to end, but that doesn't mean that internship, that business didn't serve you. It doesn't mean that you didn't learn. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It's just, it was, you know, it served it's time. And it was, it was time to move on and don't attach your worth to closing a business or leaving a business or whatever it is. But I thought that was so interesting because a lot of us can attach our worth to the work we do um, to our businesses and things like that, that um, I thought that was really profound. So you're kind of piggybacked off of um, what she said. Can you talk about how you got into, because we hear it from everywhere, right? Is in order to be financially free, we have to create passive income, right? So how did you get into commercial real estate? Where did you start? Um, and any advice for somebody who is looking to expand their financial portfolio?
1: I think multiple, you're right. Everyone hears multiple streams of income. It's kind of a buzzword. Everybody wants it. It seems so desirable. Um, and it's tough though. Mm-hmm. It's and it's scary, and, and it does take a lot of of and sacrifice and investment to get into it. So I guess for someone who's going into multiple, trying to get into multiple streams of income, I would start out with saying, put your seatbelt on. Uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a, a smooth road. It's going to be bumpy. There's going to be ups and downs. You're going to have to sacrifice a lot of sacrifices to to just really to really get in. For us you know, you have to start with a nest egg, really, you have to have some sort of nest egg to get into multiple streams of income. And everyone thinks with a nest egg, it's either a finance, it's a financial nest egg, that's what they're thinking. But really, when you're getting started, your nest egg can be a time nest egg. So you can either have a nest egg of money that you're going to use to invest in another business or you can have ex- a, a lump of extra time in your life. I don't know who those people are that have extra time in their life. <laughs>
0: right. Um,
1: but the time nest egg, well hey, we're we're just going to trade time for money. I've got extra time, let's find something I can do to make some additional income to start building then your financial nest egg if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So then it's trading time for money. And then use that money to then invest in other areas. So, but it all takes it. It all takes sacrifice. So for us, we had neither. We didn't have a nest egg yet because we were young and starting out. We didn't have a financial nest egg yet, and then we didn't have a time nest egg either because we were already consumed by our our big girl business, is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, well, well, what do we do? Well, we had we had we had to find areas to sacrifice. We either had to find we've got to sell something. we got we got to sell something. we got to budget somewhere to start saving money, or we've got to pull and sacrifice our time. That's in another area of our life to start trading our time for more money. So we looked at what we had and I said, well, we can sacrifice by moving, <laughs> which oh, you're like, okay. that doesn't make any sense. So in the last 13 years, we have lived in seven houses. Wow, we've moved a lot. Yeah, uh, it wasn't fun. It was a lot of a lot of moving trucks, a lot of uh, working on the space you're living in, which is never fun. Uh, but you know, we started started buying buying houses slow and selling high, and nice. we would live in them for eighteen months to two years. Uh, improve them invest in them, improve them, renovations. And then we would sell high. And then the money that we would take to make on those houses, the profit we would just take and then put over here into that nest egg separate. And once we did that three or four times, we had an actual financial nest egg that we could invest in properties that weren't our primary residence where we were living with our kids. So that's, that's kind of how amazing. we, where we got started.
0: It's So you, you know, do residential um, real estate
1: Mm-hmm. We, okay. so our residential flip houses are finding, uh, foreclosures, short mm. sales, um, places that need renovations, uh, heavy renovations. We have, because of our commercial business, we have really great connections with contractors and suppliers. Um, so that was nice to have that at our, at our discretion. Um, but we, What we're currently thinking about getting into the residential rental market as well, because, you know, with interest rates in the current market scenario, rent there's never going to be enough rentals out there. There's not a lot of people, the amount of people that are buying first time home buyers is decreasing and people are more just focusing on big rentals. So we're actually thinking about uh moving into that sector, but that's a lot though. We're not sure if we want to get there yet.
0: It was, so we had a um, condo that we rented out. I think we got it in 2019 and we sold it at its prime. Um, and my husband wanted to get out because it was so time consuming because he did all the maintenance on it. Um, but yeah, if you have somebody that you hire to do the maintenance, it's, you're going to get less in your pocket, but you're going to save more time. And, um, but yeah, it's a different, it's a different beast, but it's something that we're thinking about doing again, just because of, you know, how lucrative it can be. So, um, that's interesting you said that. And now, okay, talk about the, these vacation rental properties. Are you thinking like more Airbnb or down that road, or what are you? So, with, just like you spoke
1: about, we are going to pay like a property manager to rent it because what's your what's your time worth? Totally, you know, time time is money, and when when you have multiple streams of income, you'll figure out that your time's very limited. So, we are going to sacrifice some of our profit on the vacation rental side to still actually be able to enjoy it a little bit so two years ago we were looking at our life and we're working we have we're struggling with balance finding time to vacation we just said hey kind of in the middle of COVID actually is when we started the conversation we were like we need an excuse to get away we need somewhere a vacation home somewhere we can go and just if we're paying the mortgage on it we're going to use it that kind of thing um so we started looking at building a home, a second home for ourselves, and kind of like force ourselves to take time off. Uh, so we love this little sleepy beach town called Edisto. It's not very sleepy anymore. It's called Edisto Beach. It's right outside yes. of Charleston. And uh, we were just kind of looking around, kind of seeing if there was anything out there. We had that nest egg built up for moving 5,000 times in the first five years <laughs> oh, of marriage. Sounds stressful. Uh, it is very stressful, but hey, it's worth it because right. of things like this. So yeah. we had the nest egg built up, and we found a lot, and decided let's just go for it. Let's 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 build a beach house, and uh, and we're thinking about it, and we're looking at the rental market down there, and we're like, well, we can have a vacation home that could potentially pay for itself if we mm. turn it into a business. So, in a very stasichitis manner, uh, we created. <laughs> another stream of income. Uh, We should have a certificate of occupancy within the next week and it opens for rentals um, in January.
0: Holy cow. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it will more than likely we will have to pay taxes because it's even with us occupying it 50% of the time, it still will make an income for us, Uh, which even if just paying for itself, it would be great. But the great thing about rental properties is that Once you have rent rolls or a rental history uh, and they pay for themselves and create income, they kind of not disappear off your balance sheet, but they kind of come in invisible. So then you can take the profits from that one and invest in in, in other properties as well. So that's what we're kind of looking at. Start with this one, get it under our belts, uh, be able to enjoy a little bit for ourselves and then just keep adding to the portfolio. And eventually when we get to the long-term plan, you got to look at goals, you got to look five years 10 years down the road which you want um, have a direction to go that's how we feel at least Um, when we get three or four under our belt then hire an inside proper an internal property manager and save some money there instead of paying someone that's you know third party so right that's the ultimate goal
0: Hey guys, I wanted to take a second to tell you about a high fiber cereal that I eat almost every day and it's called muesli. So muesli is an all natural cereal meaning it doesn't have preservatives, artificial flavoring, or natural flavoring. It's also gluten-free, plant-based, and it's so good you guys. Now not only does my husband and I enjoy it, but I've even packed it in my kids lunch with a single serving of muesli an ice pack and vanilla almond milk in a little container and that's the majority of their lunch now there are so many ways to enjoy it you can eat it as a cereal cold or warm as overnight oats in a smoothie in yogurt and you can even bake with it fiber is something that is so underrated and in fact only 5 percent of americans get the proper amount Now fiber helps with so much, it helps in digestion by improving your gut health, it helps you stay satiated and energized, it aids in weight loss, it helps fight chronic disease so to get your Moosely cereal head to mymoosleycereal.com and use code vision15 for 15 percent off your order that's mymoosleycereal.com and use code vision15 for 15 percent off your order and i'll leave all that information in the show notes okay back to the show so exciting how many people will your beach house um that's the word I'm looking for. Occupy. Sleep. Sleep. 15. <laughs> there you go. Fifteen. 15. So it's, uh, wow.
1: Five bed, five bath. And that's something that we, when we designed it, everything is intentional, right? I mean, right. especially when you're, when you're running a business, every decision you make with your time, how you design things, with where your money's going, uh, with how you're communicating, everything is intentional. So when we designed it, we wanted to make sure that it could occupy at least two families to rent it so we can maximize the rental income. Uh because I mean if you build a beach house that sleeps seven people and you build a beach house that sleeps 15, you're still that's most of your money is in is in the property itself. So right. you can just add on a bedroom or two and you can way increase the rent you get from it um, by sleeping multiple families from for a vacation home. So 15 that's- people, five bed, five bath. Intentionally designed to sleep multiple families, thinking of our situation and who would be staying with us there. Um, but it's 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 going to be great. We're really excited. What uh, what are some of the
0: other features in case somebody's listening? Like, oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> uh,
1: it's handicap accessible, so it has an elevator. Uh, it is uh, it's a street back from the beach. We call it a beach house. It's on Edisto Beach, uh, but it's a street back. Um, which helped make the investment a little bit easier to, to swallow, uh, from mm-hmm. a cash perspective. Right. Um. But it's a five minute walk to the beach. But the great thing is, it is on the fifth green of the golf course in Edisto, so nice. you can sit on the back porch, have a cup of coffee, watch golfers embarrassing themselves, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then if you're ready, just pop on over, stroll on over to the beach,
0: and you're there too. So. So um, exciting! That's neat. Yeah. I, I like if that was me. Be like wanting, wanting to be there all the time.
1: <laughs> it's going to be hard. So, so we are going to spend the whole month of December there. Oh, nice! Uh, and get getting it set up, and uh, it's going to be hard to walk away. Yeah, but I have to remind myself that when I walk away, some other people are going to be saying it, and they're going to be paying the mortgage. So, once again, totally. going back to sac- going back to sacrifice. Uh, you know, I've got to sacrifice. I would much rather be there every weekend, but I'm going to sacrifice a little bit to get us closer to our long-term goals. So
0: I love that. I love that. Um, Okay. So let's get into kind of the things that have changed you as a mother, as an entrepreneur, you were faced with tragedy um, with your, your third daughter and um, your pregnancy. Can you walk us through that time and how it shaped you? As a mom and as a human and as an entrepreneur, oh yeah,
1: absolutely. So Anelli is our third our third daughter. Our the beach house is actually named Anelli's Pearl. I love that. Uh, so that's 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 where the name came from. So Anelli is our third daughter. Um, we got pregnant. I have Ella and Susie, who are ten and eight. Uh, I got pregnant with Anelli in. Um, the end of 2018, we tried for about a year and a half, finally got pregnant with her, had a beautiful pregnancy, beautiful as in still throwing up every morning, but beautiful. (laughs) Otherwise, um, the perfect pregnancy. And then July, uh, at 32 weeks, um, she, we lost her. Uh, she was born, uh, still at 32 weeks on July 3rd, um, after a perfect pregnancy. And you don't realize until you go through that you don't realize how many people are going to come out of the woodwork that have had really similar experiences that don't get to share the story of their children. Um, it's very common. One in a hundred babies are still born, really? uh, which is kind of mind boggling. Mm-hmm. But when you really think about it and I'll talk about it a little bit more too. When you really think about it, there's so many things that have to go right in a pregnancy to bring a beautiful, healthy, perfect baby home with you at 40 weeks. There's so many things that have to go right. It's a miracle that it does all go right. Um, but she was born July 3rd and it was, it was as awful as you can imagine. That's what I, that I tell people there was nothing, nothing that can compare, um, because you're just, it's completely unexpected. Um, I mean, I, I never thought that would happen to me and I had had a previous miscarriage. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that, that was difficult as well. And I never thought that would happen to me, but I just, just completely blindsided and, and then to have to not only face that grief myself, but have to walk that journey with two daughters at home, um, who were seven and five at the time and have them to experience that grief and tragedy, it everyone says, I don't know how you do it. Well, I didn't really have a choice. I mean, you have to get up. I had to take care of my two daughters. I had to keep moving. We had multiple, we had 50 people, 50 families here, depending on us. Um, and they were very, very gracious and gave us our space. But at the same time, we, we have a lot of, a lot depending on us. So you don't really have a choice. You just have to get up, get up and go. Um, so I grew a lot as a, as a mom, as a human, as a woman, as a mom, I've—I was determined to take my that experience, take her loss, take her not her loss, but take use her life with us mm-hmm. um, to be better and to grow and really make a difference because of her. So we went, took that experience and transitioned our whole outlook on on business uh, before we've. I don't even like thinking of the version of myself who I was before.
0: Why is that?
1: Just so naive. I, mm. I I feel, I pity that version of myself. It's like, you have no idea how I had no idea how fortunate I was. And I had no idea how precious life was and how valuable time was. And just, just such a, naive version of myself Um, and we really just transformed who we were as a family and our and our mission and our businesses like if if we're going to spend our time our precious time on this earth working these building a business, then let's, let's give it a purpose. You know, let's make a difference in the lives of people. Let's teach people how to be grateful. Let's teach, show model to people how to be resilient, to share their stories, how it's okay to grieve openly. It's okay to discuss hardship. Um, so that's the point where our businesses really, instead of just a vehicle to make a profit, they were, a, they turned into a vehicle to make a difference. Mm. Um I love that. I really, yeah. People, people who are, have gone through tragedy and grief. They really hate the saying everything happens for a reason. Like if you say that to somebody who is heart is broken, shattered into pieces, they it's, 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 it's a stab to a lot of people. Right. To me, I don't, I don't feel that way about it because for me, if, Anneli wasn't taken to us for a reason, for, for a reason. There wasn't a higher purpose for her life and her existence. Then we went through all this for nothing. Like I, I, I lost my child and for nothing that, that just didn't sit right with me. So if it didn't happen for a reason, then I'm going to give her life a purpose and a meaning, a meaning and make her seven months of life, the most impactful seven months of life that, I could possibly, I could possibly make it. Um, So that's, that's kind of the mission we went on.
0: Is that what you mean by grieving with purpose? You mentioned that before and just turning your experience into, like you said, serving a higher purpose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think there, there's moments there's moments that you have to just sit in it. You have to sit and suck. You have to just say this really sucks and be angry and and, and resentful that these this is the cards that you've been dealt and uh, why me? There's moments you have to be like that. But for me, I had like I didn't have a choice. I had to stand up. And I wanted to show my daughters that adversity is going to happen.
0: Mm.
1: Your heart is going to be broken life is going to suck multiple times, like a lot. Um, but you can stand up and you can use that to fuel your journey and turn the hardship into something so very beautiful. Um, and, and so now when I look at losing an Ellie, yes, it's still very painful. But I know that the impact that her life, not her death, but her life, has had on the people who love us and the people whose journeys we cross is so, so impactful. It's huge. And it really, it it teaches us gratitude. It's taught us gratitude. It teaches the people around us gratitude and appreciation and joy, the, Im- the immense joy you feel. The higher, the high, the lower, the lows, the higher, the highs I feel mm. when you know how bad it can be. Absolutely. You also can experience how good it can be as well. Mm. Um, so losing her was really just it. It there was life before Anneli, and there's life after Anneli, and 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 it's and it's totally different. And you're and, not quite and the same just, person. I'm not even close. I don't even not even close to the same yeah. person.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when when you're grieving, because you had kind of a fourth pregnancy that turned out, you know, um, to be not normal, I guess, Um, traumatic, traumatic. yeah. Yeah. So when did you decide like, Oh, it's time like to try this again, because, you know, listeners might be out there, like how, you know, how do you choose to decide to, you know, bring another life into this world? Is it worth the risk of going through it again, potentially, or what was your experience like?
1: I, I absolutely, that's absolutely a battle that you have to cross. You have to face yourself is is the decision if whether, whether the potential heartbreak, because now you you're very aware that there, there is, it doesn't always end perfectly. Pregnancy doesn't always end with a baby coming home. Um, and the moment, and this is very odd for people who haven't dealt with infant loss, pregnancy loss, the moment Anelli was born, And it, it's difficult for people to understand. And it wasn't a slight to her at all. I knew I had to have another, I Mm. knew I wanted to bring a baby home, not for me, not selfishly for me, but for my girls. I wanted them to understand that being a big sister, specifically Susie, the middle, our middle daughter, I wanted her to know that being a big sister is not bring in an urn home like Mm -hmm. this, that that's not normal. Like this, there's, it can, it's so wonderful. And I wanted to give her that experience. So I knew from the moment she was born that we would, we would try for another one day we started trying about six months after she was born. Um, and I got pregnant, uh, in February of 2020 with Mac our fourth so I'll go ahead and tell you he's happy at home and mm. a wild two-year-old boy he's, just, <laughs> he's the love of my life sorry David sorry to my husband but he's the love of my life being a boy mom is my favorite thing ever uh, but I got pregnant with him in February seemed like a typical pregnancy I was obviously high risk so under lots of care um, and then at our 30-week ultrasound, uh, he we found a birth defect called a congenital diaphragmatic hernia. Uh, so basically, he had a hole in his diaphragm, uh, which allowed his gut organs, his bowels, stomach, uh, to sneak up into his uh, chest cavity, which then impended, impended on his lung development. Globally, the survival rate of that birth defect uh, is... Fifty percent uh, in the United States. It's about seventy-five um, percent. Mac was given a ninety percent chance of survival because he was a very mild case. But for someone who had just lost a baby, so traumatic. Anything less than a hundred percent.
0: Like what the fuck? <laughs> I would be correct. No, yeah.
1: absolutely. Like, like you've got, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what, what is this? Why, why me? Like, I've right. been through so right. much. Yeah, we are doing so much. We're good people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, those are the moments that you have to sit in the sock and just be like, what? Why? Like, and be angry. Um, so, and that was on top of already the anxiety of an already being anxious about pregnancy in general because of our previous stillbirth. And then in the middle of COVID, this was oh, all happening during COVID. Yeah. Homeschooling two kids, running multiple businesses. And it, it doesn't ever stop. And, it was it still amazes me to this day that i made it out of that year and a half period alive like it mm-hmm. it it really amazes me that i survived that because mm-hmm. it was so difficult but at the same time i just take such pride that i did that all with my daughters watching yeah like you can make it through really hard things.
0: You can mm-hmm. stand
1: up, you can survive it. You can take really shitty situations. Sorry, I don't know if
0: I'm... Yeah, I you see you can. can. Take,
1: <laughs> yeah, you can take really shitty situations and really difficult hands and turn it into something so beautiful as long as you are intentional with it and as long as you use it for a greater purpose like we talked about.
0: Yeah, so now so, you have your your baby boy... And he's yeah, healthy so he was, and good and rambunctious yeah. and all of it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Wild. Um, he follows up with his surgeon. So he was born in October. We spent 24 days in the NICU, um, which is mur- mur- miraculous. Most kids with CDH, congenital diaphragmatic hernia, um, spend two to four months in the NICU. Wow. So he like was the rock star of the NICU, came home. He is doing wonderfully he's has every excuse to be delayed in every single aspect of his development but he is far ahead. Uh, he walked at ten months he's just he's just a rock star
0: oh, um, you're a miracle baby your rainbow Oh, baby. my miracle
1: rainbow baby yeah, and he, yeah. he, he is a miracle and and David likes to say my husband likes to say that Anally specifically chose oh. Mac for us because oh. she knew, and you have to kind of, you have to, for us, we have to have these narratives in our head mm-hmm. to like make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. And kind of, it's a coping mechanism a hundred percent. But, um, and Nellie knew that Mac would need really, really strong parents and a family that could really endure some, some really difficult circumstances. Cause it was definitely scary. I mean, and she picked him for us and said, Hey, my parents are really strong people and, and, and they can, they can, they can make it through this. So these are the, this is the perfect baby for them. And, and that's, yeah, it's, and it's, 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 it's really wonderful to sit back and be able to be almost four years, be able to look, look at the experience and see the, see the good in it and see the beauty in it. And, you know, I will, there there's not a, hour that goes by that I don't think about her and it's still extremely heavy, um, but you just get stronger and you learn, you learn to carry it a little bit easier. And um, it's, it's really nice to be able to look back and, and appreciate it. um,
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: As much as you can.
0: As much as, yeah, right. I can imagine. Grief is really hard
1: to, it's really weird how you cope with it and deal with it and you can't really understand it until you, until you're in it. So um, but I'm really I'm really proud of us how we have kind of moved forward with her and with with purpose mm. to make a difference because of her.
0: So it's remarkable. And then to think that your vacation house is like going to be a place where families can, like I get chills thinking about it, can come together and create these memories with each other and just a safe haven of just this beautiful place. Like that's beautiful, you know? And in itself, yeah. it's just like in her honor. I think that's really incredible. And I want to touch on, we mentioned the term rainbow baby, and I've mentioned that term before. That is the baby that is born after a miscarriage. And so I had a miscarriage after our first two, and Charlie was our rainbow baby. And it's kind of what you were saying is you don't, I don't know, as like having a miscarriage you don't want to end on that note right it's like you want to end on like a high like okay we brought another life into this world and we're continuing this this blissful time and um so I wanted to touch on that and there's just when you bring a baby home that like their innocence and the joy that they um bring you and I'm sure Mac has provided so much love to you that you lost and you experienced during, um, your daughter, your daughter's death, that he was probably like the lights, you know, at the end of the tunnel.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, he, he is the epitome, the perfect example of hope and joy and gratitude. His, he is, he's just he's just a miracle and we're just so grateful for every moment we have with him. And, and it's hard. I think it's hard for women who suffer pregnancy, um, infant loss. It's hard to kind of wrestle with that because if we didn't lose the Mac wouldn't be here,
0: right, right? That's hard. Yes.
1: You know? And yeah. if, that's, that's really difficult to, to put those, that concept together. So you just can't, you just got it. Like, I can't, I can't think about it. Like I, I have to have them both here to, to be whole and that's Mm -hmm. never going to happen. So I just have to move forward with that. Um, But, but if a rainbow baby just gives you, they're the epitome of hope. You Mm -hmm. have this tiny little mustard seed of hope and faith, and no matter what higher power you believe in to take a chance and, and and go for it and and they are the living proof that there is hope there is a future there is a light at the end of the tunnel and they're just so wonderful that's all i can say he's, yes. he's, he's just so wonderful for all of us for me for yes. my husband for his sisters, sisters yes um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a miraculous, a miraculous journey we've been on.
0: Mm, It's a beautiful story. And I thank you for opening up about that.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, I, I decided from day one of losing an alley that I was going to be open with my grief, with my story. So people could watch me move through it. And it was really difficult. And there's times that people have questioned and I'm sure times where people have said, Oh, there's Amy. She's sad again, you know, but I think it's so important that people you're transparent with people. Um, because there's someone out there that's going through immeasurable grief that has nobody that doesn't have a story to lean on. And they don't know that there's hope. They don't know that there's a light within the tunnel and if I can be that different, make that difference for one per one person, then my journey here is complete. Yeah. You know, I, I, fulfilled my, my purpose here. And story has mattered. Max struggle. His
0: fight it has made a difference. Um, if Ella and Sue. Susan- okay. You guys, sorry, we're back. We got um, disconnected there. So I want to change pace um, a little bit. And talk about um how you take care of yourself. Like what are there routines that you follow? Are there things that you do that are just for you to get your um mind right in order to manage multiple businesses and a family and all of the things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely routines. Uh, and they, they keep me sane. So I have a notebook kind of like this one. It's a separate one. Um, but every day I wake up in the morning and date at the top, I write three affirmations of who I want to show up, how I want to show up and who I want to show up as that day. And you're like, that's so silly. But I think it's important that you set your mindset in the morning of, I want to show up like a confident great community like a confident woman a great communicator and executive and you and it changes every day based on what I have for that day so I set my affirmations for that day just to set my set my thermostat for the temperature I I want my brain to, to be at that's kind of that's kind of how I describe it to people do you wake up
0: before the kids in order to do this Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. So no, that's I know not.
1: I would, that's how I would take it to the next level. If I wasn't like a borderline n- narcoleptic person, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm a very sleepy person. So, uh, it's really difficult for me. That's a goal I'm setting for myself for next year. It's hard though. To,
0: sometimes.
1: Oh, it's super difficult, but we burn the midnight oil. So we also stay up pretty late. Okay. Uh, So if I were to go to bed earlier, I could shift some stuff, uh, to the morning, but then David and I's schedule wouldn't align and, and we work well working side by side. Obviously we have all these businesses that we work in every day together. It's kind of a miracle, but so anyways, every day I wake up, uh, get the kids off to school and then I do my morning affirmations and then I kind of set my, uh, break my life up into sectors. Uh, I have about six different sectors of my life, like the businesses, uh, life, personal, myself. And I set one goal for every sector every day. Um, and in that way I can say this, doing this activity is going to move the needle the most towards my goal today. Mm -hmm. So and that way, if you have a giant to-do list, which it's always in my brain, but if you're looking at a to-do list with 30 things on it, it's just as overwhelming. You're right. never going to accomplish all that. It's going to, when, when you don't have it all crossed off at the end of the night, it's going to demotivate you of anything. Um, so I like to just one goal for each section of my life that's going to move the needle the most. And I, and I write those out every
0: day. Can you give an so example of what you put on today?
1: Uh, so my Amy sector, which is like me, my personal goals was to have an excellent podcast with Lauren today. Like that was like, I'm going to, I'm going to check that box, uh, for like our big business. Um, LCCM is what we call it. LCCM that goal was, I need to get a proposal out for a new employee today, but that's going to move the needle. Um, so it's just one thing that I can be excellent at in that sector. I love that. And I set those every day. So, and then at night I come back in and before I go to bed, I revisit that list, see how I did, how I did with those goals. Um, I write what went well that day um, and what could be improved from that day. And then three things I'm grateful for. Um, And in that way, you're constantly reflecting and like taking a step back and, and being aware of how you're doing. Like, you're not just letting life take you, like, take advantage of you. You're not letting life just decide what your days look like, what your mindset is, how, what goes good and what goes bad, but you can look at it and say, this didn't go well. So I'm going to take control and I'm going to change what I'm doing tomorrow so I can be in control of my progress every day.
0: That's super intentional, right? It's like, we want to live a life with an intention. intention, And if we're not setting that intention, then everything just kind of just is like- frazzled it's like okay we're gonna do this and then maybe we should do that and if we have time we'll do that and yes exactly and like who's, um, who's
1: driving the bus you know uh, right <laughs> Who, who's driving this bus down the road of call life like everybody else letting... everybody
0: else's schedule you know no if you're intentional <laughs>
1: right. you can drive the bus to your destination where you want to go control your speed control which turns you're going to take you can be in charge instead of letting the bus bear down the road with no brakes like yes
0: What is that movie with, um, Tom Cruise or Sandra Bullock die, 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 hard, die hard. Yeah. Like that is not the type of bus that (laughs) I want to be on. (laughs) Hell no. It's super stressful. Everybody's chaotic. No, thank you. No, ma'am. Um, I want to, Oh, how consistent are you with that list every day? day. Yeah. Seven days a week. Um, if I
1: miss a day, I make sure that I go back, never miss more than a day. Um, I'm an achiever. So I'm an Enneagram type three. So I love checking. You're a all box. Same. Yeah. Like checking a box, making sure I'm following the routines. Um, so if I miss a day, then I make sure to go back and review the day that I've missed as well. Um, it's just really important to me. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me focused on what matters. Um, it keeps me intentional, um, because if I, I think when I first started it, I missed like a week one time and I like looked back at the progress I had made in that week and there was none. I mean, I was just willy nilly, just wandering, not anywhere towards my goals, um, professionally and personally and with the kids. I mean, I, there's a sector of my life is, is the, the parent sector that I have a goal for that every day is how, how I want to make a difference for them. So, so
0: what was today's goal for that?
1: for them. So they are at the, my in-laws lake house there before Thanksgiving, they're coming back tomorrow. But my goal for that today was calling them and checking in and asking how their day went. Um, Mm. so it doesn't have to be these mind boggling things, but you know, checking in and having an intentional conversation with them. It shows me that I'm present, you know, it shows them that I'm present, um, and leading them as their mom.
0: I think that's great. There was yesterday, I was on my phone way too much. And I'm like, the end of the day, I felt like shit to be completely honest. I'm like, why'd you do that? Why, why'd you do that? I was beating myself up. I'm like, okay, you can either beat yourself up for being on your phone too much yesterday, or you can try better today and not be on your phone as much and not beat yourself up because it's it's done, it's over. And we're going to try again. So I think that's great that you mentioned that. You work with your husband. How do you guys, (laughs) how is you got, you said you work well together. You have multiple businesses together. Do you do things where he has his own lane and you have your own lane and you stay in your own lane or how have you created this business and personal relationship that just jives?
1: Um, I think it's because it's the only thing we've ever known. Honestly, we both started in the business really young uh, and then we were, we've been together for, since we were really young. So it's really the only thing we've ever known. And it's like the most common question. People are like, how do you not kill your husband <laughs> working with him every day? I'm like, well, and he jokes, he's like, well, I do actually like my wife. Like that's why she's my wife. But when you really think about it, it's all about trust. And and we're doing really crucial things in our businesses and he wouldn't trust anyone more than me to do those things. And I wouldn't trust any more, anyone more than him. So the foundation that we can trust each other, that we're both making good decisions helps us stay in our own lanes, helps us understand that we're both going to make really good decisions and not question the other one's judgment. Um, I I personally can't imagine running a business with someone who wasn't my husband. Um, it, that, that, that's, that's odd for me right? Um, because then I, I would have to be trusting somebody and spending a lot of time with somebody that isn't the love of my life. Um, and it also helps that we always have the same goals, right? Uh, whether in business, in life. So if we set a goal in our business, Hey, guess what? It's going to be in sync with our life goals. Well, our personal goals, our parenting goals, um, there's never like a conflict of interest ever because our interests are the same because we're one unit together.
0: I think that's great. Now, do you, uh, is it hard shutting work off when you're at home? Or is there anything that you guys do together that where you like set some boundaries where you don't fuse the two?
1: Um, yeah, b- work life balance is really hard. Um, it's something we struggle with a lot. Uh, like I said, we burn the midnight oil, so we'll be sitting next to each other at ten o'clock at night. Uh, you know, working on our laptops. Um, but at least the other one's not mad because I know how important his deadlines are. Right. Um, one of our our family goals this year was to increase our lifestyle, if that makes sense. So increase the way we're spending our time actually enjoying the fruits of our labor instead of working all the time. So we are starting to take many vacations is what we call them. So instead of working, 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 and then every three to six months taking like this big vacation and that being what we're looking forward to, we are starting, we are setting goals to take too many vacations a week. So that can be like lunch out uh, in the middle of the week. Like just sh- that's, that's a mini vacation. Just having right. a Bloody Mary at lunch, and just shutting off for two hours. Hey, that's a vacation from life. I mean, yeah. and it can be easily squeezed into, and it's something you can look forward to in three days versus three months. You know, it, it yes. just keeps the joy peppered in versus just huge chunks that you don't get to experience very often. Going to the driving range, you know, little things like that. Uh, we took a little staycation Saturday night in town, just little mini vacations. And and that's our goal is just to keep doing those little things to shut down, take time off because it's much easier to shut down for six hours every now and then than for 10 days Yeah, every six months, if that makes sense.
0: No, that's so good. I love that. I love peppering that in. I like, I think mm-hmm. that's more achievable too. And it's like, like you said, absolutely. Like three months, we have a vacation. I'm so excited, but our life is going to be awful until those three months. Like Like, why can't we find joy throughout the week and give ourselves a little break and little wins? So I think that's wonderful. Um, Where can listeners find you if they have questions about business or life or loss? Where can they reach you? Uh,
1: You can, the easiest place is Instagram. uh, My at amy.com. S-T-A-S-I-U-K-A-I-T-I-S, stasychitis. I have to spell it because they're going to be like, stasychitis, like how?
0: <laughs> I will, no, I always do that too. I even, oh my gosh, I recorded a podcast yesterday and I spelled out my first name. I'm like, why? I don't know. It's just used <laughs> to like calling customer service. So, like, how do you spell that? I'm like, how else do you spell yeah. Lauren? But I use a spelling good yeah. But But um, I will leave all that information in the show notes too. So all they have to do is search below the notes and then click on your link. It'll go right to your Instagram. I uh, thank you so much for being so open today and sharing your story. And um, I just appreciate you.
1: Gosh, I appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's a blessing to have women who are having the similar goals and, and who have a similar mindset. And it's just very refreshing. So thank you for letting me spend the time with you today.
0: Yay, my pleasure, my pleasure. All right, you guys, if you love this episode, please share the love, screenshot this, and tag Amy and myself. You can always go a step further and leave a review. Why do reviews matter? It helps the show get ranked um, and gets our stories out, my guest stories out. So please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would mean the world to me. Screenshot this episode, share it to your Instagram, send it to somebody you love. I appreciate you guys. And remember, you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision. And one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again and remember to go after the life you want. Bye guys.